Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Fantasy Alarm MLB DFS podcast with hosts John Impemba and James Grande. What is going on, FA Nation? John Impemba here with James Grande. This is the Quick Pitch MLB DFS podcast recording here for Thursdays, 10-gamer on DraftKings. Is it nine games on FanDuel, James? Is that what we're rocking on over there? They got a little yeah, different, different inclusions of games. They uh, don't. They never include the FanDuel. And I, right? Yeah, they never include the doubleheader. Same with FanDuel. FanDuel's, or yeah. Apple, rather. Yeah. They have nine games. They never include the doubleheader. So the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game that we're going to talk about a lot is not on the FanDuel nor the Yahoo yeah, Unfortunately, because it's in Cincinnati and it's a obviously a great hitters environment there. We got a couple games with weather to look at. Nothing overly concerning yet, but as we always say, make sure you monitor as we head into roster lock. <laughs> we do have the Angels in Baltimore, potential rain in the area. That Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, like we mentioned, rain in the area, unsure yet if it's going to actually impact that game. It's something to watch. St. Louis, Atlanta, it's Atlanta in the summer. Always an opportunity for rain to pop up there, so pop up thunderstorms, a possibility. And then we have Detroit-Chicago. Again, going to be some rain in Chicago, but may or may not impact that game. We're recording here at 1030 in the morning, so be on the lookout around 7, see if any of that has changed before you lock in your lineups. That being said, James, why don't we get into pitching? And you and I were talking a little bit before we hit the record button this morning about the ongoing conversation in our Discord. Hey, if you're listening, you're not in our Discord, and you're, you are a member of Fantasy Alarm, and you have the MLB DFS subscription or any of the subscription packages, make sure you join the DFS Alarm and Fantasy Alarm Discords. We're in there. James Grande, Pete Cole, Justin Reeland, myself, Ray Kuhn, Colby Conway. Like We're having these conversations, fleshing out these ideas with you. And this morning was kind of the topic of the recent struggles of these past couple slates and some of the top pitchers and strategies of going against the truck and when to play the truck and i think it's a good time we do touch upon strategy every now and then we don't just dive right into the slates and i think now is a good opportunity to discuss the different ways to go about attacking attacking good truck attacking bad truck it's something we talk a lot about during the nba season and last night was an indication of that where you looked at some of the top roster pitchers Nola, Christian Javier, Brian Bayo, Luis Severino, kind of the top four guys in ownership mm-hmm. last night. And for the most part, all at Severino underperformed. And even Severino underperformed in a sense that the strike weren't there. And if you look at these, the winning lineups, the GPP winners, they largely were stacking against those pitchers or at least one of those pitchers. And we talk about the strategy, the long-term success of 
paying up for chalk or going up against chalk. James, why don't you touch a little bit upon the conversation that started and we'll, we'll briefly touch upon, I think, different ways that we can approach this. Yeah, so basically one of our very loyal long-term subs, Ravens Purple, shout out to you, Ravens, just kind of brought up a, his approach. And he basically said how the chalk pitch have let us down this week. And there's no doubt Luis Garcia struggled, even though he was one of the top scoring pitchers on when, Tuesday, he did struggle. He let a home, a bunch of home runs to the Royals. And then same thing, kind of the chalk pitchers again on Thursday, let us down, as you mentioned. And Ravens basically said he, he is going to start stacking against chalk pitchers. And I think there's multiple ways to approach that. One being, I agree in a sense when there is a pitcher unproven. For example, Brian Bello last night. John and I talked very extensively about him yesterday and how highly touted of a prospect he is. But the thing about it was that we also touched upon is that it was his debut. And we don't know how guys are going to fare when they make their major league debuts. It's just a matter of fact. We've seen a bunch of top prospects this year. Adley Rutschman get off to a slow start. Jared Kelnick last year so much so that he got sent down and same again this year. And we just don't have the answers right out of the gate for these guys. So in that sense, I do agree. It is profitable at times to stack against them. But stacking against top flight arms when they're chalk is definitely less profitable long-term than using them. Because Aaron Nola, or let's take Christian Javier last night as an example, Yes, he struggled, but look at the starts prior. Look at his overall body of work this year. Long-term, using Christian Javier this year has been more successful than stacking against. So I think there's two sides to that coin. I think we need to be more, be more diligent with our stacking when we're attacking chalk, when to play it and when to not play it. And I think stacking against it is better in situations when there's a guy like Brian Bello on the mound versus a Severino or a Nola or a top flight arm such as those three last night. Yeah. So I think the approach here is more so when you're playing GPPs, it's more viable to stack against the chalk pitching. When you're in cash games, James, you you said last night, cash game pay line was like 55 fantasy points. And that's because Aaron Nola or Javier or Severino or Bayo, they were, if you didn't have them, like the majority of the field, like them, them struggling wasn't the issue because you were just moving with the field there in cash games in GPPs. And this is where I think the strategy differs a little bit. The goal is obviously, be in the, that top like five percent one way to be in the top five percent is a sack against the chalk now obviously in this case if you went ahead and you look at some of the top lineups there a lot of them included the Rays. why because 30 percent of the field played brian bayo last night so if you're now stacking against bayo with the tampa bay rays and you see randy rosarena and yandy diaz and those guys have big nights you're you're jumping over 30 percent of the field who are losing points every time those guys go ahead and, and score long term is that a a percentage a high percentage play most likely no but if you're playing multiple lineups or even if you're playing just two lineups it always makes sense to just be different and if you identify like we kind of did all right everybody's playing nola everybody's playing bayo everybody's playing harvey and everybody's gonna play bayo stacking against them with different lineup stacks and then having a night like 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 last night happened then you're more likely to at least cash on that day so you have a higher potential ceiling if you're stacking against chalk and chalk fails of having a big night but like james says the last two starts for javier he had 14 innings and 35 strikeouts right like 28 strikeouts i think it was aaron nola's giving you 30 plus fantasy points in three of the previous five games you know 
traditionally sacking against them isn't going to be a long-term successful play. But if you do it every so often when you're playing multiple lineups, there are going to be nights where they struggle, and that's when that lineup's going to hit. So I don't think every night you should go into it. It's like all this, the bad pitchers are struggling right now. My main lineup is going to be stacking against them. You're probably going to lose. But if you make two lineups and you make one kind of as our playbook leads out or as the advice that we give out to sort of mix and match, play some of the chalk, go about it, and then your second line is going to be your contrarian line, you're stacking against Garrett Cole tonight with the Red Sox, you're stacking against Tony Gonsolin with the Cubs tonight, and then those guys struggle. Now you probably have a leg up on the field. And while that first lineup may not be as, as great, your second lineup has a better odds of cashing. So that's kind of how I would approach it. In cash games, you should always really be tr- running with the chalk because if they do have a good night, you're against 80% of the field. You'll never make money. In GPPs, if you want to go ahead and be different, I suggest doing two lineups or at least understand the loss cost of making a single lineup against the chalk. More often than not, the chalk isn't going to completely fail. Now, Hitting chalk versus pitching chalk is different. The best hitters go one for three. We talk about that all the time. If you want to fade Mike Trout on a night where he's got a great matchup, a little bit more viable because of the, his be- best odds are that he goes one for three. Last night, Kyle Schwarber was like 28%. He hit two home runs. That's You're going to live with that. That's just kind of the unluckiness of the game. Around those games, he has a bunch of 0 for 4. So the hitting's a little bit different. Attacking the chalk pitching is a different strategy. So... That's kind of how I'll end my piece there. Of course, we're always in Discord to talk about these things. So don't be shy. Ask your questions and we'll be available to to help you out. So with that being said, tonight's top price pitchers. We have Garrett Cole in Boston. We have Dylan Cease at home against Detroit. You get Joe Musgrove at home against San Francisco. And we have Tony Gonsolin at home against the Cubs. That's your 9K and above tier over on DraftKings. (laughs) I like them all. I like each one of these guys. Obviously, Garrett Cole has not had much success against Boston, but he's been extremely consistent lately. 21 plus fantasy points in four straight games, including 36. And if you want to date it back to, we can date it back all the way to April 24th. He's only failed to give us 20 fantasy points once. And it was a start against Minnesota where he got shelled. And that happens every so often for Garrett Cole, but he's largely been awesome this year. So I like him, but I think Dylan Cease is going to be the chalk against Detroit. Just Detroit's been dreadful against right-handed pitching this year. Dylan Cease has massive upside in terms of strikeouts. So we just saw 11 and 13 back-to-back before the San Francisco start. Guy just throws a lot of pitches, and he only got through five innings against San Francisco. That obviously hurt, but the upside is tremendous. He's already beat Detroit twice this year, John, and averaged 26 fantasy points over that span. It's, he just, has, it's so annoying he's only pitched five innings. Yep, yep. Yeah, very annoying. But 16 strikeouts in 10 in yeah. ten innings against the trade just shows you the upside that he has. Again, he just, because he's a strikeout arm and because he does walk a lot of guys, his pitch counts get up there very fast. He has gone seven innings twice this year in 16 starts. So, like, you kind of live with it, but he makes you up for it. You can't play him on FanDuel then because... You're not getting the quality start bonus? I guess. Well, let's see. I mean, he's had a 67 fantasy point night on Fandle, a 64 those fantasy are games, point. Those are the games where he did go six, though, right? Yeah, he's had two quality starts. He's had... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely profiles better as a DraftKings play. I mean, because he's not giving up a lot of hits or runs generally anyways. So, like, right. you're not getting killed on, fan, on DraftKings there. He does walk a lot of guys, which is where you do get hit a bit. I mean, I guess he's... I mean... You can obviously use him on all formats, right? And he does at least have a long pitch count leash, 
right? Yeah. Like they let him throw 105 pitches generally. Like, every, uh, yeah, every start. Like in that average ballpark, 110, 108, 101, 101, 104. So in a matchup like this, you would hope that maybe he gets a little bit better luck. I'm trying to see, did he fit? So I guess maybe the other thing to look at here, again, even the home road splits don't look great for him either. I mean, 1770 ERA on the road, what 304 ERA at home is fine. But both of his starts have been in Detroit. Now he's home against Detroit. Maybe he pitches deeper. Like his last two quality starts have both been at. He had a home quality start against Chicago, home seven innings. So look, okay, so yeah, I'll just use this as an example. He's only pitched six or more innings at home this season. Interesting. So if we're looking for any reason to think that there's quality start upside, all four of his games where he's, or five of his games where he's pitched at least six innings this year have been at home. I think I'm okay with CSUN FanDuel and yeah, really all formats. Just that's fine. Detroit's just so, they're just so bad against right. They're 29th in OPS, 29th in WOBA, 24% His, his make up for him not getting yeah. a quality start, but like he obviously would like to get the extra like three points or whatever it is to get for quality starts there. Because he does, I mean... Cole, we know, can get high up there in strikeouts. This just isn't a great matchup for him to do so. So Cease likely has Cease, and then I guess you'll say Spencer Strider are the, have the two highest strikeout upsides on this slate. Yeah, that is probably true. Look, I will always... I think that Garrett Cole can strike anybody out, and I agree with you that this is obviously a tougher matchup. But I will never put it past Garrett Cole to have like a 10 strikeout game. Sure. He's just been that good for so long. But I largely agree. Like, I think Cease has the most strikeout upset on the slate. Spencer Schreider has shown it a bunch. I think Musgrove has some sneaky strikeout upside here, John. He had 10 strikeouts against the Dodgers, and the Giants are like not good right now like they're not good in any capacity and they let's see the strikeout rate over the last week they've struck out 23.3 percent of the time so i think their strikeout rate with musgrove he has outside of the one strikeout game in philly against philly which is super weird 10 9 and 8 the three starts around it so i think musgrove has sneaky double digit strikeout upside so that's your top tier guys and we're going in the under 9k range you have webb against san diego you have strider yeah. home against st louis and that 8k we have winkowski against the yankees we have marco gonzalez against toronto brisky is 7200 against chicago we talked about this after that top grouping basically once you get below strider it is dart throws for value today Yep, I don't know if I want to play anyone below Spencer Schreier on drafts. Honestly, yeah. So I think Logan Webb's firmly in play. If you want to play him as your SP2, I think he's fine. San Diego's offense is not good right now. 29th in OPS over the last two weeks. Yeah, and not having Machado hitting right now is... Yeah, yeah. They're just not a good offense right now. So And Webb has eight innings of one-run baseball against him on, on his ledger this year. So I like Logan Webb. I like Spencer Strider's strikeout upside. I know it's St. Louis. I know there's weather. But in two of his last four starts, he's given us 11 strikeouts. Three of four, he's given us seven or more. Or four of five. I mean, so this guy just strikes people out, like, at a high clip. You tell me who your dart throw is. I know who it's going to be, and I don't disagree with you. It might be the only pitcher, honestly, I'd be willing to use because the Los Angeles... Angels have a 40% carry rate over the last week. Yeah. 
So I will. This may be the only time I've ever uttered this man's <laughs> name as a recommendation in my life. To not stack against. To him. not stack against. Yeah, and you probably should stack against him tonight too. But Jordan Lyles, right? Like we've been just looking at the Angels, and we've been going at it for better or for worse, basically. And it continues that they just have a crazy high strikeout rate. The last thirty days against right-handed pitching, thirty-one point one percent. That's about 6% higher than the next team. Like they just strike out so much. You mentioned the last seven days is 40%. The last two weeks is 31.4%. And it's not even as if like they're striking out, but they're hitting like the Braves. Braves strike out a ton, but they also just barrel the baseball. They just put up a bunch of runs. One or the other. They're barreling or they're striking out. The Angels aren't that. They have a 193 (laughs) batting average with a 255 Woba against right-handed pitching the last two weeks. The last month, it's a 216 average with a 285 Woba on the season, right? On the season, 232 average with a 306. Like, if they're not a good hitting offense for whatever reason, after you get past, I guess, Trout, Otani, Ward, Walsh, right? Yep, like that's after Walsh, who's not even having a great season overall. Right. The, you, you hit like a quad A lineup, basically. And guys and pitchers have been able to navigate through that now. We've also seen plenty of games where it's like the Angels are down 10-4 and Trout's hit a home run, Otani's got two bombs. So the starting pitcher against them, like, he was giving up runs, but the Angels are losing games and the rest of their team's doing nothing. But Trout and Otani are doing the damage. So that being said, Jordan Lyles in his last start, six and a third, one earned, seven strikeouts in Minnesota. Pretty tough offense right now. Pitch really well. At Chicago, seven innings, four runs, Four strikeouts. Not a terrible start against going in Chicago. Start before that against Washington. Six and a third. Two earned. Four strikeouts. Start before that against Toronto. Five and a third. Four earned. Not great, but in Toronto, seven strikeouts in that game. 17 fantasy points there. I mean... Double-digit fantasy points in four straight. He's $6,900. He's been on the road in three of the last four starts for him this year. His home ER... In six games this season, 2.92. I don't want to play Jordan Lyles almost ever, but if there was a time to maybe throw the dart, maybe throw the dart, it would be today against the You see the, the home run splits, two for Jordan Lyles? Yeah, dude. Well, they they, changed, on the, they changed the ballpark, right? Like, it's, it's a deeper alley now in, in Camden Yards to that uh, down the uh, left field line there. So, 12 home runs on the road. It's hilarious. That's all I'm saying. There's a case to be made for Jordan Lyles today. I feel gross saying, but that's my piece there. I mean, I don't have really anything to add because I, look, Winkowski's been good. Not going to play him against the Yankees. Marco Gonzalez, I like playing Marco Gonzalez for whatever reason. And he's kind of been okay. He pitched not well against playing- Toronto already this year. Not going to play him against Toronto this time. Toronto's been hitting lefties well this year. Obriski, no shot. Matthew Levatore, the, I mean, the Braves have like one of the highest run totals of the day. They're, it's like 95 degrees in Atlanta tonight. The ball's going to be flying out yeah, of that They're park. also a top five offense against lefties. So. Right. No shot. Trevor Williams, no thanks. He's been bad and his pitch count's kind of down. Mark, Mark Leiter, I mean, his most pitches he's thrown in since... April is 72 or 64 since April. So he's not stretched out and he gets the Dodgers. We scoffed when we saw the Gomber-Keichel matchup and the numbers that they have this year. Chase Silseth getting called up. He was very bad in his final like three starts. And no surprise, he hadn't pitched above double A coming into this year. Like, <laughs> right. Angels, he called him out there like, good luck, sir. 
Yeah, like the the Marlins are starting a lefty that doesn't strike anyone out. So I will say this on that one. I will say this on that one. He did face them already two starts ago, seven innings, two earned. Fair. Uh, they're in Miami, and over the last 30 in, days – Sorry, they're in New York. Over the last 30 days, again, just we're trying to find any sample sizes to play these guys. Last 30 days, the Mets ranked 24th in batting average, and they rank 26th in WOBA against left-handed pitching. So he had some success in, sorry, he had some success against them already. Home runs have probably been the reason for some of the trouble that he's been in. Like one earned, two earned, four earned his last three starts. He had a six and two thirds shutout against Philadelphia already this year. So 15 or more fantasy points in three of the last four, (laughs) six K. Right. I, I think there's. I think that again on a slate like today, you don't need to go. You don't need to go value, but if you're looking for value, I think Castano could be a lo- worth a look. The numbers are there, right? Like you're just looking for. You're looking for the reasons to maybe play a guy, and if you're looking for reasons like recent success, good splits right now, lefties versus lefty pitches versus the Mets, like those type of things. What does Seattle's offense look like right now? Because they. The Blue Jays are starting a guy who's $4,000. I'm just wondering, $4,000. Is it because uh, he's a relief pitcher? No, no he's, 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 he's stretched out. He had six Ks last time out. They don't. They have J-Rod. That's like it, right? J-Rod's not serving his suspension or still Crawford's fighting. Crawford's back, I think. Crawford's back, but there's no winker. So they hit. So their lineup last time out. Yeah, I, think this is, I think this is the game. No, it's not the game. You stacked him. They play their lineup was J Rod Crawford, Juarez, Carlos Santana, your favorite catcher, Cal Rally. Only versus lefties though. Toro, Frazier, Moore, Haggerty. I'm just trying to think like, is there a case for this guy in Seattle, which has been a tremendous pitcher's park? Is there a case for a 4K pitcher because it's 4K? That there's so many. So I would say like possibly, but the top half of their lineup is still together right now. Yeah, it's fine. Outside of Winker. Outside of Winker. But he's got his work his way through Rodriguez, Suarez, Crawford. And and Santana's still been okay. Like, Touche. I just, there's so much good offense tonight, just based on how the second half of this board looks. So I'm just looking I already said, like, Gonsolin for me is probably my top guy to go to today. I think he'll be very popular against Chicago at home. And then I'm playing that dark game with Lyles. That gives me, on DraftKings, (laughs) that gives me 4,200 a player. Okay, we're gonna spend down obviously somewhere catcher maybe or something like that. So there's definitely ways to go. And even if you wanted to go cease, it, it doesn't change much. It's forty one six a player instead okay. of forty two. So you go cease and Lyles, you still have about forty two hundred a player. But let's go over to the catcher spot. There's we do have someone like Elias Diaz gets Keiko. We like going Diaz, even though Diaz's numbers on a whole look trash. If you do break down the splits, he's still got decent numbers against lefties. Yeah, he's been great. He's been great. Yeah, we'll find out which Braves catcher is in the lineup. But if William Contreras finds his way over Darno today, thirty eight hundred, like I'd be, I'd certainly be interested in spending down a little bit there as well. Let's see. Yeah. I'd play both, by the way. I'd play. I'd actually play both catchers. Okay. Either one of them. Yeah. That's uh, fine. spot. Does McCann hit lefty still? I know McCann just sucks in general, but he used to be a lefty he, killer. He stinks. He stinks. He's just bad. Carson um, Kelly hits lefties. Yeah, Carson Kelly hit. And you've, been, you've been touting him. Another game last night. Rather, he did play last night. Yeah, two nights ago. I you know what. I would one hundred percent be interested in playing Carson Kelly today at twenty twenty three hundred. Twenty three hundred. Yeah, that's your listen. If Carson Kelly gets to zero, that's making value. So, yeah. if he, as long as he takes the bats to the plate, I think we've hit value at 2,300. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 
Yep. And that's where you get it. You find some cheapy little pump guys in good spots. Kelly's a guy like that that could certainly play it out. So any other catchers that, that you at least would consider here? Rutschman, 45. Sure. But that's about it. Okay. First base, if we're looking here, you got Freeman versus Leiter. We've talked about liking that spot for them. Crone, even though he's been better against righties this year, like at Dallas Keuchel's been just yep. garbage. So he's certainly in play. Brayu's been, I mean, the last night, again, two hits, an RBI, Bray has been heating up. I know for whatever reason they kind of have Brisky priced up higher than he's been this year, but 475 and 1100 OPS the last 10 games for Jose Abreu. So mid-tier guys, like big fan of Abreu tonight. I, th- I think I have no problems running that out there. I know you like the Baltimore guys against Silseth with Mancini, who no longer has outfield eligibility. Dude, it's every, it's literally slate to slate. It's actually infuriating. If you wanted to even two-man stack Carson Kelly, Christian Walker... 3,800 gets the lefty. Again, I know the 207 batting average is less than appealing on the surface, but 303 with 1,000 OPS against lefties this year. So if you're interested in some Christian Walker at 3,800, I think that makes for a little interesting stack. Some guys that I at least have on my radar. Yeah, I think the only person I'd add, because I like all those options, was Vladdy under 5K. I know he hasn't been great, but he's raked lefties this year. And under 5K, Vladdy is just like... My eyes glued to that price point. By the way, Brisky worse against right-handed batters. If you wanted any more ammunition to play Jose Abreu, who's just hitting everything right now. So I fully concur there. I think the price tag's too low. We do get Andrew Vaughn in outfield too, so we could play them both. Yep. Um, I think that pretty much, I I will say, Matt Carpenter hit third for the Yankees last night. Yeah, I I saw that. If you're playing Yankees against Winkowski, which I think is an option again in Fenway, if Carpenter cracks the lineup again, if he's in third, man, like, like it's... But you said you've only liked him really against at home, though. At home, but I think, I think I large, yeah, I largely, I largely. I will say his batting average is trying to pop up on the road, 267. And he's hit three home runs on the way, so. And to your point also, Pesky's poll is like yeah. three, 308. <laughs> so if he really pulls it down the line, he doesn't have far to go to get there. So, all right, second base position here. I mean, if Birdie gets on, he's running. So he just has to get on. He's got six stolen bases the last 10 games. He's hitting 210. So got to figure a way for him to get on. Marte versus a lefty. At 47 against Gomber. I mean, we're going to be wanting to sack Colorado, Arizona, really, anyways. Yeah, it's a great game um, for sure. That's definitely going to be uh, a popular target for us here. Mid-tier, I guess. Is there anybody that jumps out? Oh, Brendan (laughs) Rodgers at 43. Again, Colorado, Arizona, but Brendan Rodgers at 4,300. Yeah, he's hit lefties. Yeah, 346 against lefties this year. 429 Woba. So, I'm with you. Who's been leading off for the Angels, John? Yeah, Jonathan VR. I didn't even know he's on their team. Jonathan VR claimed on waivers and he leads off every night. So Uh, I don't really want to, I don't really want to better against lefties and righties. Yeah. I don't really want to play him. I just figured. That's fine. Espinal is under 4k again. So sign me up. I like it. Let's see. Where else are we going? Any other value here? Buddy Kennedy. If he cracks the lineup, if he's like in the middle of that lineup, he's $2,000 just to throw another diamondback Rocky out there. Cause that's another option. That's fine. Third base, we've talked about it before. Devers has four career homers off Cole, but he's currently day-to-day with a little hammy issue. Machado gets Webb, not the great matchup for him there. Riley gets Libertori. We talked about it. He's actually hitting lefties pretty decently this year. In the past, he's just been a righty killer. 436 Woba, John. Yeah. Six home runs and 81 at-bats. And and he, yeah. I know, man. We, and I don't think there's anyone on the planet that likes playing Austin Riley more than you and I. So. Oh, love. 
my favorite player is Austin Riley. So, <laughs> yeah, a few more, a few players better than him. Well, so. well your favorite player actually is a Brandon couple, Drury, right? It's yeah. actually a couple players yeah. down. It's Brandon Drury. Yeah, Brandon Drury at home. Drury home splits this year: three hundred one average, nine thirteen OPS, nine homers. So. Yep, that's fine. Go ahead, do it. That's okay. Yeah, he's your guy. That's fine. Uh, works for me. Let's see here. I like Suarez at 45. If you're not going to go Lauren, just an option in that lineup. Turner's still hitting 400, so I'm down with Justin Turner at 43. Is Escobar's splits better versus lefties or righties? This season, he is better against lefties, significantly better against lefties. Okay, so he's 42 against Castano. If you are not buying into the numbers I threw out there on. Castano, which is fine. You don't have to trust me. That'd uh, be your mistake. Chapman against Marco. Reverse splits pitcher, though. So, like, yep. something to at least consider with Marco there. It's going to be another slate where no one plays Toronto. So, if you want to play them. That's true. They uh, never. We, we always play Toronto, and then we message each other when rosters lock. We're like, dude, 7%. 7% Vlad Guerrero. <laughs> like, what is everyone doing? And it, But it doesn't, like, ever work out for us either. So. No, that's true. That's fair. I'm like, oh, 7% Vladdy and Bichette versus Cole Irvin. How can this go wrong? And then Cole Irvin shows <laughs> shutout innings. I'm like, God damn. Damn it. That's about it. That's where I got. Yep. That's J.D. Davis against Castano's 2200. Yeah, he's just been super bad this year. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. He's 2200. That's fair. Right. If he plays, I'll be willing to throw that dart there. Shortstop. I mean, do you, do you, it's Dansby, right? They just play Dansby? I would probably play... But If you look at the last 10 games for all the top guys, they actually all are struggling a bit. So 194 for Lindor, 225 for... Turner, Swanson's hitting 240, and Bichette oh my gosh. is 268. Every Tim Anderson is 182. Baez is 179. So the top one, two, three, the top six shortstops are all hitting like under 250. Xander 167 the last 10 games. Swanson against lefties this year, 321, four home runs, 413 Woba. So yeah, that feels like it makes sense to me. Liberatory against right-handed batters, over 1,000 OPS. So yeah, that's fine. Braves, uh, chalky. Yeah, I said Dansby seemed like the top guy to me. It seems like that's flushing out. He's 5,500 though. So like... Uh, I would rather play my boy Crawford at 42. That's uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big JB Crawford fan. Even though, again, he also sucking, hitting four of uh, 205 last 10. Signs of life though, four hits and four straight. Yep, yep. Uh, maybe this is an O'Neill Cruz spot in Cincinnati. I was, I was about to say, do you feel like we haven't mentioned enough of this game? Uh, no, I know, not really, I'm, because it's Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. So I know, but yes, but look at the pitching matchup. I know. Bryce I know. Wilson versus. Robert Duggar. Like, who are we playing? Playing Votto? Votto's day-to-day. Yeah. Vogelbach has been really good. Like, really surprisingly good. I'm fine with the Pittsburgh side of it. We've been kind of touting Pittsburgh as a sneaky... We haven't gotten to, like, Brian Reynolds yet. That's true. Yeah, and Inca Brian Hayes is 3,700 at his position. Better against lefties, though. Better, for sure. I think he does get the Cincy buff, though. Okay. I mean, there's, I feel like there's like a legit bump. I want to argue that they've allowed Cincinnati's averaging more runs per game than Coors. Sneaky Kyle Farmer, 3,200, John. Are you really just going to do that to me right now? You're talking about Cincinnati in general. I thought you were intentionally skipping over my guy, Jose Iglesias at 3,500. Against left-handed pitching this year, you laugh. His only two home runs of the season, 333 with an 876 OPS. That's pretty good. I'm just saying. He has eight strikeouts and 81 at-bats against lefties. The Rockies have, and we didn't mention Crone either. Like the I Rockies, did. I mentioned Oh, Crone. did you? Okay, okay. Yeah. The Rockies have been good against lefties, no doubt. On the road too, John, just to just throwing this out there, Jose Iglesias, 352 average. Yeah. Just, and they're in Arizona tonight. So. And it's unfortunate you don't get fancy points for web gems because he had one of those yesterday. He has a lot of them. 
throughout his career. He does. But listen, $3,500, if you're just like, you know what, I hate shortstop today, like, Jose Iglesias, just high floor player. Yep, no ceiling whatsoever. High floor, but like, no ceiling, but Dallas Keuchel's on the mound. So like, maybe all the ceiling. Like, I don't Kevin, know. Kevin Garnett taught us anything is possible. Right? Anything is possible, right? Like, three, hey, three games ago, he's got 19 fantasy points, probably at 1% against the Dodgers. Yeah, Jose Iglesias at 3,500. Cal Farmer's fine. 294, last 10, like you mentioned. Certainly can play. If our boy Jorge Mateo finds his way on base, we'll, we'll never know. But if he does, there is, he's got 20 stolen bases this year. Yeah, right? it's crazy. I know. Yeah, like, uh, same thing. I would say same thing for Isaiah Cotter Falefo. I was gonna say we haven't base. talked a lot of Yankees, but right, we, Righties you, are hitting three hundred. You can play Winkowski. them. Yeah, yeah. right. hitting three hundred. Yeah, Winkowski's not a strikeout guy; he's a sinker ball guy. So if he leaves those up against the Yankees, they're gonna he's gonna be in trouble. Yeah. So Cotter Falefo four hits yesterday, and I think, but like we know, the thing about Cotter Falefo is. He can. He has 13 stolen bases as well. So yeah. if he gets on, he can run. Yeah, Vasquez is obviously a little bit tough to run against, but sure, sure, agree, uh, completely agree. All right, outfield. Where are you? Where? Which? Who are you picking? Probably Julio Rodriguez, uh, right? It's probably Julio Rodriguez. That, Player of the month, by the way. Player dude, of the month. Dude, 15 home <laughs> runs, 21 stolen bases before the All Star break, <laughs> and counting. I think so. Here, I think. Remember when like, he got off to a slow start and people were like, "Are they going to send him down?" They yeah, did, they, yeah. Did, they didn't do that. They did not do that, and now that's it's. J-Rod season full effect. I think I definitely like Judge in tournaments. You can probably play him in all formats, honestly. I love Ronald Acuna against lefty. Uh, the Braves are the Braves right now are my favorite stack of the slate, and I think they're going to be popular too. Rodriguez for sure. Springer gets a lefty. We love that. Cedric Mullins. I know he let me down. Fifty-five hundred is so tough. Yeah, but if you just yeah. remember last year, Cedric Mullins, you'd have no problem paying it. I, I keep saying it, but Stanton has hit like a billion home runs lately, and when he's hitting home runs, like, you just play him because he's going to keep hitting home runs. And then, like, I don't really care that Blackman gets a lefty. He's, like, Keiko sucks against everyone. So I'll play Charlie Blackman, I, and I have no problem doing that. Honestly, John, also, Luis Robert. So uh, I was just going to say, like, White Sox, like, he's good he's today yeah. against both first game. I mean, Eloy Jimenez came back, right, homered yesterday in his first game back. I mean... This is a this lineup is different. They're 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 healthy lineup. now, right? Like yeah. that lineup: Anderson, Vaughn, Abreu, Robert, Jimenez at the top, like five hitters. Like that's no, a, different. It's a it's hard different. run to get through. Right? <laughs> and then when they like, if Mancada continues to be serviceable, they're finally she, coming around on Mancada after mocking me. No, no. Well, he's Sur- hurt again, so it doesn't really matter. So. Serviceable. <laughs> I didn't even. I'm not even giving him like much. Praise. Like, just be serviceable. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Eli 41 is a good price. Dude, right? I was going to get there, but yeah, Eli 41 for sure. It's a good price. So that's a miss. That's a misprice number. Where's our boy? Bets is 5K. Good, good on them. Yeah, I would probably still pay that. <laughs> like, he's probably too cheap, realistically. Yeah. Brian Reynolds is 46. Yep, it's a good one. Let's see. Tyler Naquin off the Naquin's back in the lineup. I'm not doing it. One for four, obviously, in his return. But lefty and Him and Fam. Fam is in play, too. Chris Bryant, 42, is going to be popular. Dude, Bryant against Keigel for sure, is going to yeah, be. Yeah, that's going to be popular. Homered the other day as well, so kind of getting back into that groove a bit. That's a really good number for Chris Bryant. Tioscar, 41, is a really good price. That's a stupid low price, because we know Tioscar has been, like, incredible against lefties over the last few years. 394 Woba this year against lefties again. So, Marcelo Zuna homered yesterday. I feel like he, all he's doing is homering this year. Like, every per, piece of production, Marcelo Zuna has been a home run. So, $4,000, I'd play him. All right. 
let's see, where else are we looking for value here? We talked about, we haven't really talked about the Red Sox as they're going up against Cole, but you know, like Verdugo's been hitting the ball really well. We know JD has good splits against Cole. Like contrarian sack today is gonna be Boston, but there's obviously a ton of upside with them being at home. Yeah, I feel like Boston is better as one-offs. Like if Devers is in the lineup, sure. Considering how much he's crushed Cole, like I, I, like getting Devers at sub ten percent is like very ideal because he has double don potential. I would, I'd rather play them as one-offs. I think as opposed to like a full stack. I'm with you. I think that's fine. We talked about Pittsburgh. Like we think Swinsky is probably in play here at thirty-five. Lord is thirty-six as well. Yeah. Uh, Eddie? No, he's a lefty. Eddie's a lefty. I thought he well, was... let's look at the splits. I think Libertori stinks against everyone. Well, I'm uh, just saying, would he, Rosario be in the lineup? So their options are, they'll have Acuna, Ozuna, yeah. and then Harris is a lefty. Duvall has been hurt. True, true. Oh, uh, He's yeah. expected to start, actually. Adam Duvall expected to start series finale against, so, yeah, maybe he would start. So Duvall, 3,100, maybe? Yeah. Over, over Rosario? Yeah, I know. Probably every Brave that's in the lineup tonight, right? Righty's hitting 306 with 1,000 OP against Libatory. Lefty's hitting 318, 331 Woba. So, like, everyone's hitting the guy. Yeah. Ben Gamble's 3,200. Howard Bender's favorite player. I didn't know. I don't know if you knew that. but I did not know. I did not know. Oh, where is he? Where is he? Ooh. Oh, he's free. He's free. What do we got? Free. Riley Green? No. Jordan Luplo, 2500 Oh, yeah. Seven seven home runs against lefties this year. It's $2,500. Yeah, it's a good price. Yeah. I don't think, like, tournaments only because he's, it's literally home run or bust, but... <laughs> but look who he's pitched. Look who he's got. I mean, Gomer's no, been so bad. Agreed. agreed. So, yeah. okay. Let me ask you then. So... Would, would you play him in cash? Well, probably if he's not. Leading, <laughs> if he's leading off. In cash games? I don't think so. No. Or I think it's tournaments only. It is tournaments only. Riley Green also. I know you mentioned him. Super good, dude. He's yeah, so 2,700. Good. Listen, I know that Dylan C strikes out a lot of guys, but he's 2,700. He leads off. So if you want to be, he's not he's not the worst. And, and C goes five innings, and then what? The bullpen comes in. So maybe he gets in that bad that he can take advantage of. Let's see. Any other value plays? for Senzel's raking. 424 average over his last 10 games. Homer, homers in two of three. I think there's a lot of good stacks tonight. I think I do think Cincinnati is one of them in tournaments for sure. Okay. I'm just strolling down this list real quick to see if anybody else pops for me. I think that's probably it. That's probably it for me. All right. Home run. Sorry if I steal this one, but Austin Riley is my home run call tonight. Austin Riley is your home run call tonight. All right. I am going to go with Christian Walker. I thought you were going to go. I, honestly, I thought you were going to go White Sox, but I think Christian Walker is an elite call as well. Yeah. Christian Walker is where I'm going against Austin Gomber. That's it. We're in. Uh, Pete Cole's got your playbook today. We're in Discord to answer your questions. You know, if you have any questions, hit us up. We'll talk to you guys later. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players. Pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100. 
and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.